Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined in the uh, booth here at Progressive Field by Paul Hoynes. Uh, Paul, uh, just really quickly recapping what we just saw. It was a a pretty impressive uh, walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. Jason Kipnis uh, coming through with his thousandth career hit. Another one of those, you know, you got to play the whole game, got to play nine innings because uh, that's uh, the game can turn at any minute. Yeah, it was. It was really, it was a really good pitching matchup, Carrasco and uh, Covey uh, from the White Sox. And the White Sox, you know, they they really played well. But you you know, when you get a young rebuilding team against you know kind of an older veteran team, and you could see it almost Mm -hmm. building. You know that. You know, they, the White Sox. What I think they had a one nothing lead, they had a home run uh, in the sixth, and they're kind of pushing and pushing and pushing to hold it. And then they get to the ninth inning, and you know, a couple breaks go there, go against them, and bang. You know, it. it, it I've seen it happen so many times, and the the Indians are what eight and zero against the White Sox here. Here, at and I think uh, thirteen and three, twelve mm-hmm. and three, maybe overall. Yeah. this season, and uh, you know that's what happens when the Indians have been on the other side of that a lot. Right. So when you're a young team, those, that's that's what happens to you sometimes. Well, and for for Kipnis, it's got to be a really good feeling. Uh, you know, he's he makes the move out to center field. He's he's staying in the lineup by being out there in center. Uh, and for him to come through the last couple of days to be able to, you know, hit the ball the way that he has, it's it's sort of like justifying his his, his spot in the order. But he he really doesn't have to do that for Terry Francona. Francona puts him in there knowing what he's going to get out of him, and and the numbers have have really sort of leveled out as of late. The last eighteen games, he's hitting about three fifteen, three sixteen, and he's the power numbers are there. Uh, you know, if Jason Kipnis can be this Jason Kipnis in October, then things could work out. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you, you hit him eighth or ninth. Uh, what's he got? Seventeen home runs, seventy-two mm-hmm. RBIs. You know, is it batting average? Whatever it is, two thirty, two forty. You can live with that. And the, the thing you you look at, Joe, is I. You know, when you're matching up, when you're looking ahead to the ALDS in Houston, they've got you know a really good number nine hitter in, in Tony Kemp. And now you've got an answer to that if mm-hmm. if Kipnis keeps hot like this, and you know your your bottom of the lineup suddenly is you know you've got Gomes down there now you've got Kipnis, you know Alonzo gets pushed down a little farther with with Donaldson there, so you know this lineup is looking pretty good right now. And you know for as nice and as as big as the news of Jason Kipnis sort of uh, you know announcing himself and, and and you know kind of having the success the last couple of nights. As big as that news is, that's not even the biggest news of the day uh, here at the park today. Uh, you know, we show up at at three o'clock and we we talk to uh, to Terry Francona and he hits us with Trevor Bauer getting a start on Friday night against the Red Sox. This is this is huge. Yeah, definitely. This is a guy uh, they needed back, they wanted back, and. Uh... You know, all of a sudden, you you get if Bauer can come back. You know, we were watching him blow, throw three innings of a simulated game on Tuesday, and you're thinking, 
well, maybe, you know, maybe in a week or so this guy comes back, maybe pitches two innings here, and all of a sudden Friday night against, you know, the best team in baseball, he's he's uh, going to go two innings, Bieber's going to come in and in relief, you know, and piggyback on him, and then, uh, you know, he'll start again two, next Tuesday against Chicago, and then probably be in line to start, I think, the final regular season game of the season in Kansas City, so... They they said what Francona said we need we need to start him three times mm-hmm. to to really get a feel for what what he can do in the postseason. If he does that, then we could maybe start him mm-hmm. in a game. If 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 you you know if, if Bauer has a little bit of a setback, they put him in the bullpen. Does Bieber make whatever they decide to do with Bauer that much? You know, does 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 Bieber's sort of ability to go into the bullpen if he has to and be the long guy to come in after, uh, you know, if Bauer can't get through the first couple innings in a playoff game? Or does Bieber start, and if Bauer needs to come in and, and you know, give them a, a, a two, three solid innings uh, in relief is something he can do if they decide that Bauer can't, isn't fit to start a game. You know, Bieber can be the starter then. Yeah. It, does his emergence sort of give them flexibility with Bauer. Yeah, I think I think definitely. You know, they tried to do this last year with Clevenger. Mm-hmm. They had Clevenger, Salazar, and Tomlin in a bullpen and when they when they went in against the Yankees in the ALDS. And unfortunately Clever Clevenger, you know, who had been on a roll as a starter and they took him out of there and put him in the pen, he stopped throwing strikes. Uh, you know, so I thought that kind of backfired on him last year. So hopefully, you know, Bieber, you know, I don't think he's pitched out of the pen. So this is going to be very, very interesting. So these next, you know, couple days, a couple outings that he has, two or three outings, whatever, mm-hmm. is going to be really interesting to see how he handles Well, and, and here we are <laughs> circling back to a conversation we had a, a couple weeks ago when we were playing Tampa <clears throat> in this opener idea that, that Kevin Cash came up with and, and has been using and used it effectively against the Indians. Uh if you know you especially with this start on Friday for Bauer Bieber's knowing that he's coming in at some point in these right. the second third fourth inning somewhere in there so that changes things as opposed to being in the pen and not knowing when you're going to get up at a moment's notice and 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 having to be able to work i, I you know i can picture Bieber being okay with that it, it keeps him on his day as well right and his regular rest, so and then it's just what if another he comes in and what? What if he throws five innings? Mm-hmm. You know, Bauer goes two. This guy Bieber comes in, goes four, five, six innings. You know, and you save the bullpen, and uh, you know he's. It's just like a start as long as you can get your head around that and uh, make sure you know you're you're coming in in the third inning instead of the first inning, and you know the the, the you know the score might be a little you know the score isn't zero zero. Right. Well, I'm glad we've got this all mapped out for them, and it's going to work out <laughs> totally the way that that we see this. And, and yeah. Terry Francona, and, and nothing ever goes wrong or yeah. changes. I, I'm and, sure. and the Indians kind of you know I mean we've talked about this before in 2016. They kind of championed this going mm-hmm. down the stretch. You know they had a. It seemed like they had a bullpen day every every week. Mm-hmm. There was at least one bullpen day where they pitched like eight guys, and then they did it in in the uh, against Toronto in the ALCS when Bauer had to leave because mm-hmm. of his cut finger. Right, and and that was more you know pitching your best pitchers, your your best relievers, bringing in your best guys, not saving them for the end of the game because the critical outs might be in the fifth, 
you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. So that's why we saw Andrew Miller used in in so heavily and in a way that you know sort of revolutionized the bullpen bullpen games and and it probably led to Cash's ideas about. I would you know, think the, you know I'm sure those guys talk about it. all Oh the yeah, time. Kevin Cash and T- Terry Francona never talked to each other. I'm sure. Yeah, and you know, and that's you know that's how you know Miller was the ALCS MVP. That's uh, that led to that. So we've got uh, walk off here tonight. Uh, we've got. Trevor Bauer going uh, on on Friday, uh, yeah. It's it, it's been an, an interesting start to the uh, the final homestand of the of the season. Can you believe that we're already uh, at, at that point? Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's crazy. I mean this, you know, no matter. I mean this thing is is winding down, and mm-hmm. then you know if if who knows if they don't advance, you know you're you're done by the you know. Mid, First, second week of October. Couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. So uh, with uh, with the with the um, the season winding down, what what are your thoughts right now, just on uh, a couple of these uh, these awards and these? Uh, you know, we've got the the MVP race. It, it looks like it's it's pretty much locked up here for uh, for Mookie Betts. I, I mean, I would think that if if they just play out the rest of the season and they the the Red Sox get to their 105 wins or whatever. Yeah. And, and Betts doesn't uh, doesn't get injured or anything like that. I think he's got to be the the favorite to win it with with Trout and Ramirez in the top three, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, that, it sounds like I mean Trout's coming on a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Jose still is kind of floundering a little bit. Yeah. Really, it's too bad. You know, he kind of since the middle of August he's been kind of searching. And you know? and the thing is, he could, he could conceivably in the last ten days of the season. Still get to forty forty, which oh my God, which would numbers, be amazing. Yeah. You still look at his numbers; they're, they're unbelievable. He's thirty eight and thirty thirty eight homers, thirty two uh, yeah. steals, something like 100 that. Hundred runs, hundred RBIs. Yeah, uh, I mean it's uh, you know he's, he's got a bunch of extra base hits. Uh, you know, I mean, geez, I mean he's had him and Lindor. I mean mm-hmm. those you stack those numbers up. I mean just over the course of the season. I mean it's you know Lindor's probably been a little more consistent, right. but. You know Ramirez probably has better numbers. And who's your who's your uh, you think would be the favorite for the uh, the Cy Young in the AL? I mean we've seen Blake Snell now. Yeah. Uh, really come on strong. Saw him twice here. But, you know against the Indians. But across the board, I, I, the numbers are still better for Bauer, and Bauer hasn't pitched in six weeks. Yeah, and Kluber too. Yeah. You know Kluber's Kluber. I mean has a chance to win twenty games. Mm-hmm. So you'll be facing what the White Sox on Monday. Right. So uh, you know he's got a chance. So I I don't know. I guess you know, you know I guess uh, you know Snell's probably a favorite. I, I mean Sale Sale. You know he's been kind of he's, he's his innings are down. And, you know he's he hasn't pitched. You know but still a great year. Uh, uh, who, who, I mean there's oh you know but uh, yeah but you would know you you've been doing the uh, yeah, doing I've been, the I've stories, been tracking them. It's, been tracking. I, I I think. I think Sale and Snell are going to be the two. Uh, with I think Sale gets it, and, and it's going to be one of those controversial votes where it's like he was amazing for the first four months of the season, and then really hasn't done anything for yeah. two months. Do you still reward that? And uh, what know, about the reliever from Seattle, Diaz? Uh, Diaz I mean, he, I know he's, he's got fifty fifty some um, saves, but I don't. I don't see the he, voters. I mean, you got like, he, he, you he got might, ten places, right? So right, he he'll get you no, know some votes. Or, yeah, I think it's three, three, yeah, yeah three, three, three or four. Yeah, he might get a yeah. couple of votes, but right. I, to me, it's going to be 
Sale, Snell, and Verlander. Yeah, those Verlander. Those, yeah, that's, those should be the top yeah, three. Like Garrett Cole, right? Yeah, Garrett Cole. Garrett, Cole's Garrett, Cole's, Garrett Cole might be top ten, but not. Yeah. You know. Uh, and as far as uh, rookie of the year, I've got Otani, um, and Duhar and Torres with Joey Wendell from uh, yeah, Tampa Joey Bay. Had a nice uh, just outside the top three. So yeah, yeah. Those, those would be those would be my picks. Yeah, that's and, not a bad choice. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so, you know, just looking ahead, because we're that close to the end of the season, we're going to be on the road next week. So. Yeah, it's... Um, let's, let's look ahead. Look, let's go ahead. We, uh, we put out a call for some questions. Um, we already talked to Brett Gates, uh, sent one in on Twitter. Uh, what do you see Shane Bieber's role for the postseason? Um, I, I think, I think Bauer's going to get that that third or fourth starting spot. Yeah. And I think Bieber's going to go to the pen and be the guy that they go, look, if things get hairy early, you're our first guy out well, of the I, pen. Yeah, I think I think you're you're exactly right. I think they you know what they wanted to do with Clevenger last year, they're going to try to do with with Bieber. And you know, this is a guy that, you know, throws a lot of strikes, you know, he's he's quick to the plate. Um, you know, he doesn't walk people and uh, you know, but he's a rookie, right? <laughs> so right. it's a coin flip, but, you know. But yeah, and, but and you get to the postseason, and you don't know. But what he's done this year, you know, he started. Joey, you think this guy started Double A this year? Mm-hmm. He's won twelve, what ten games in the big ten games in the bigs? Yeah, I mean that's that's 11. amazing. Yeah, he's 11. won six in the minors. I think he was six and one, or maybe six and zero oh in the minors. You know, that's that's a hell of a season. Uh, and did you get any tweet? Uh, yeah, I got I've got a couple here. Uh, Okay, this is kind of a, you know, a sabermetrics question. Oh, uh, Alex Gentilis, since wins have little to do with a pitcher's actual skill, have you considered scaling back your use of that that particular statistics on writing about it, or or writing about it differently about the win, you know. I mean, I, I think a lot of a lot of writers, a lot of younger uh, guys who are, are coming in and, and and covering teams now, they they've done that for sure. I mean, you still list the wins, yeah, and you still mention them, and pretty much every game story's got to mention who wins, who 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 got the win, who got the loss, who got the save. But there's you've definitely seen a, a de-emphasizing of of that particular stat, and there are so many more. Um, Statistics and and with the advent of uh, Statcast and and you know having every pitch tracked and velocity and all, all that kind of stuff just monitored from the very beginning, uh, yeah you 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 see a lot of that change coming around, but there's still people who read the stories and look for wins yeah. and losses and and only think wins losses ERA that's yeah. uh, and strikeouts and you know I and I'm I'm. I, I, you know, I, I get the, uh, you know, kind of the ambiguity of the win, you know, that that uh, once a pitcher lets the ball go, it's kind of out of his control, and uh, you know, I know, but to me, I still think a win is a valuable measuring stick because, especially regarding starting pitchers, I think when because there comes a certain point in every game where a pitcher, a starting pitcher, 
If he makes a pitch, he continues. If he doesn't make a pitch, he's out of the game. If he makes a pitch, his team holds on to the lead, and and you know he can pitch deeper into the game. And I think that that's a you can't forget that quality. You know, you can't you can't overlook that because there's value to it. There's value if a if a you know a guy if if you win twenty games, that there's value to those right. twenty wins, no matter right. how random they were. Right, and. You, it does. It's not going to go the other way. You're not going to win 20 games in a season and be a guy who doesn't necessarily deserve to be considered for for a Cy Young award. Yeah. You you might win 20 games and and you, know, you might not win 20. You might you might win 12 games and be very worthy. But if you won 20 games, there's a reason you won 20 games. Yeah. Uh, what what's going to happen to you when? Uh, uh, Jacob Degrom uh, wins the National League Cy Young this year with a losing record, and is your head, head going to explode? I'm still trying to get over Felix Hernandez winning winning the Cy Young with a, about with five or six years with a, with eleven wins. Yeah. I don't think I think he had a losing record. Was it a losing record? I mean, yeah, but he only had a, like eleven wins. You know, I. I you know I I really haven't looked at Degrom's stats, and I know he's had a hell of an ERA. Uh, I you know and I just think it, it's hard for me to just to 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 get my head wrapped around that. Right. But but you know hey it it could happen and I think the fact that it's such an outlier of right. a season mm-hmm. that that draws more attention. To right, it. and the award doesn't go to necessarily the the best pitcher with the most wins. It goes to the best pitcher. You know, and and there's other there's other criteria yeah. as well. But you know you can't. Hold it against a guy because his his team can't hit the ball. I right, mean, it's, right. It's ridiculous. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, as far as we got one, can we convince Hoinsey to say the tribe has no shot in the playoffs again? <laughs> That's from Brian Dickey. Uh, uh, Hoinsey won't be making any. I can tell you. I can, I can tell you with certainty, Hoinsey won't be making yeah. any wagers this year. Unless, unless somebody, you know, I don't want to wish anything bad. If they lose two starting pitchers between now and <laughs> the end of the season, maybe. But I'm, I once was enough. <laughs> Believe me, that's that's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. There's one here. Uh, let's see. Who? Let's see. Is Bob Wickman a nice guy? <laughs> Bob, this is from uh, Brett Gates, I think. Oh God! You know, Bob Wickman was okay. You know, he was a, a former Indians closer. He was a good guy. He was a good guy to talk to. Him and we had a little. We kind of butted heads now and then. I, I remember he early in the season. I, 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 he had a you know the closers. If they have one one or two bad outings, their ERAs are like twenty. Right, know? right. So I, I I posted that once, and he he did not appreciate mm-hmm. that. The the thing I remember about Wickman is, uh, you know, he he would you know of course it was the intentional balk. Mm-hmm. When he balked the guy from second to third in the Metrodome because he thought he was stealing his signs, and uh, the, another one is when when he didn't know um, when when he there might be a guy that they didn't have a scouting report on 
or that would come up to the plate. He said he'd turn around and look at the scoreboard and look at the guy's stats and try to <laughs> and figure out how to how to pitch to him. You know, so it was you know he was kind of this is this was back uh, before the age of yeah, yeah. having every stat mapped yeah, out and yeah. having but meetings he, before. He would just say you know and you know of course he had the the thing is his tip of his finger cut off right and that gave him more movement on the ball. Couldn't throw a ball straight if he tried. Yeah, to. so he was, but he was he was. Uh, he if he he was a little surly sometimes. Uh, what's the diff on uh, Twitter? Uh, sent in a question. Ask Mister Hoynes if he's written a book on all the years he's covered the tribe, and if not, would he consider writing? Would you, when when will you consider writing the book on the thirty what thirty seven years that you've? Yeah, no. Yeah, and, I've re- I've and, forgotten more than I know. You know, so <laughs> I I don't think I could do it and. You know, I, Joe, Joe, I don't know about you, but when you get to the end of the season, we've written so much. Mm-hmm. I, the last thing I want to do is write. Again, <laughs> it's write right for, <laughs> even think about writing. I, I, I just want to go on some, like, one of those, uh, what do they call those? Hyper, the hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, like, uh, like you Brandy can't Ga- hear anything. Brandy Geyer has and you, one. And you just listen to whales, the sing, well, so, whales singing to each other underwater. Right. That's what I want to do. Hoinsey wants to listen to whale songs <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, you got any more in, in, in the queue there? Let's see. Uh, uh, from Matt Wells, what's your favorite food in Houston? <laughs> and who are your who are some of your favorite non baseball non Cleveland baseball writers to read? You know, I I don't have a favorite food. The thing I remember about Houston, I went to we were down there a couple of years ago. I was going to a McDonald's. <laughs> I was going to a McDonald's. And they ran out of hamburgers. How can oh, a, how can a McDonald's run out of hamburgers? Or the guy was just giving me a hard time. One or the other. He probably saw that you were a Cleveland sports writer yeah, and, yeah. and decided to mess with you. And another, but uh, you know, favorite baseball writers. You know, non Cleveland. You know, uh, Nick Cafardo in Boston and mm-hmm. Dan Shaughnessy in Boston. Uh, oh man. Ray Ratto in 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 San, in San Francisco. I like him. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I I try to read as much as I can. Excellent. But there's a bunch of really good writers out there. Well, let's uh, let's you know, like we we've mentioned, uh, moving forward to the the weekend series against Boston. This is a big one. That it, not necessarily a big one. They could come in here and clinch. So there's there's reason. There's maybe a little motivation to to try to. Preserve the visitors clubhouse, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, if, right. Uh, take it, if, take uh, it easy on Willie, the, yeah. the clubhouse. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I bet there's. You know, I think uh, both teams are going. Well, Boston, yeah, like you said, they've still got a clinch, but I think Cleveland is going to be concentrating on you know Bauer on Friday. Uh, you know, continued, uh, continued. Try to get those bullpen guys out there. We saw Miller back to back tonight for the first time. Mm-hmm. He, you know, gave up a hit, but he, you know, he got the, got out of the inning. So I think that's a big step. You know, that like uh, you were talking about the continued development of the uh, the infield. You know, with Donaldson and, and Ramirez, how they're doing. Uh, I think that's what we're going to see. You know, just who you know. I think it's going to be. Interesting. Does Yandy Diaz make this postseason roster? How much of a shot is he going to get? You know, yeah, we haven't really sat down and crunched the numbers on uh, on a post. We, yeah, we're going to have to get together and do that right. uh, at some, at some point. But uh, 
you know, I think there's a lot going on. Right e- now. ESPN, Simber, is, does he make it or not? Well, he, uh, Tito was talking today about about giving Simber more opportunities against lefties. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, what's he do in the in the what was the ninth the, inning? Ninth he comes inning. in and has an opportunity to let him pitch to a, a switch hitter and, and and doesn't let him do that. Uh, ESPN, I think, has the the Sunday night game, right? And they could be in for a a, a world of hurt if. Uh, uh, you know, if things go the wrong way, if if the Indians win one of the first two games of the series, Boston clinches on Saturday, they ain't going to have anybody in the lineup on right, Sunday night. Exactly. I'll tell you, neither team will. Adam you got Plutko starting yeah. for the Indians, so uh, <laughs> they yeah. thought they it's thought they gonna, were getting a playoff yeah. preview. They're going to yeah. be getting a Triple A game on right, Sunday exactly, night. Exactly, oh. exactly. So that's going to be, and I think uh, the Friday games on ESPN too. Oh, maybe. is it? Oh. Yeah. So. So they'll they'll be there. So we have a little bit of that atmosphere. Hey, once a year the ESPN folks come to Cleveland and jeez. Oh, uh, all right. Well, um, yeah, a pretty fun night at the ballpark. What it was a pretty crummy night at the ballpark for about three hours, and was, then you know, and then it got exciting there at the end. Yeah, I, I wonder. You know, it, it's interesting, Joe. What are they? Is cross? How do you think this postseason lineup rotation is going to go? Kluber's got to start game one, right? If he's the Kluber that we saw the yeah. other night, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd give him that. Now, remember, the last two years, he's right. not started game one of the playoffs for the Indians. 2016, he started game two, and, and uh, 2017, he started game two of the, the ALDS. So um, I, I, I think I think they give him the ball in game yeah, one and Carrasco the ball. But what Carrasco, about Bauer? I mean, how does, how does he fit? <sighs> I think they give Bauer the start in Game Three. Yeah, I think he starts Game Three here, here in Cleveland. Yeah. You, you want Kluber? Kluber pitches well in in Houston. Yeah, he pitches really well in Houston. Uh, Carrasco pitches well on the road. Yeah, so you shoot your shot. You you give right. those two guys plus, you know. I was wondering if they could sneak Bauer in there for number two in Game Two. I I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. But they want him to start. The last game of the season, right? Right. So, they, still so he's either three or four. Yeah. He's game three or four. I think you probably give him. And as you much give Cle- and you give Clevenger a shot. You yeah. You, you just got to trust and let go. And and if he doesn't get through five innings, then he doesn't get through five innings. I, I think you got to give him the shot to do that. Um, but yeah, and then you come back with Kluber in game five on full rest, yeah. and you say, look, if. If we need if we need a game five, then we then need our best pitcher to be our best pitcher. And then you got all hands on deck, anyways. yeah, for I sure. Mean, if so yeah, but I I was wondering with Kluber, I mean with Bauer, if they would slip him into the number two spot. But I don't think they've got enough time. I right? think if if everything goes, unless something changes, unless he goes out there and experiences a lot of pain or doesn't recover the way that they expect yeah. him to from the the first outing. And then, like a more a longer start in the second outing, I think if if any if nothing happens and that he just goes according to the plan, then he starts game three. Yeah. I, I don't think there's there's that's what they've got it lined up to do. Yeah. So, I mean that's and these guys Kluber and Carrasco have been pitching every five days. Yeah, they're healthy, they're ready to go, and they're not gonna they're not going to skip them or sp- spread them out or anything like that between now and then. And, and I wonder if they regret. Go. Carrasco only making one start last oh, year against the Yankees. For for sure, you think about this: for as good as Carlos Carrasco has been in his career for the Indians, and over the last three four years for the Indians, he's pitched in one playoff game for this team, 
and really? and he was incredibly effective yeah. in that one playoff outing. He's got one playoff appearance in his career, yeah. and that needs to change. He needs to he needs to pitch. Yeah, in a, hell, start him in game one and yeah. and bring him back for game five because he's. I mean, if if Kluber goes bad, Kluber goes real bad quick, yeah. and we've seen it twice in the last two months. So, who knows? Here I am sitting here managing the team. <laughs> but that's what we do here on the Cleveland Baseball oh, Talk yeah. Podcast. We manage the team from the booth. <laughs> All right, uh, looking forward to the uh, the last uh, week here of the season, the stretch run, and we'll be talking to you again next week from. Uh, from the road, from yeah. Chi- well, from Chicago? No, from Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City, probably. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, can't. Chicago's yeah, I'll be talking. Three, to you, right? I'll be talking to you from Kansas City because Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So, look for us then. We'll talk to you soon.